Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire, episode 325. Today is Friday, October 20th, 2023. Can't believe we're on the tail end of October already. Um, it feels like last week was October 1st. It, I, I, I'm still processing it. It's very, very weird. I just, well, I also was like the weirdo that was, you know, we went to Israel in late April, early May, like that crossover season. And all summer I was saying, oh, I just got back from Israel. And I'm like, no, dude, no, you didn't. <laughs> so I had to like force myself to stop saying that. So if you're listening on Spotify, make sure to follow the Elijah Fire podcast and then give us an honest review. You guys have been delivering. You've been showing up, giving the good reviews. We really appreciate that. Um, also, anytime you guys donate to ElijahStreams.com slash donate, um, that keeps this uh, afloat five days a week. It's a whole lot of Elijah Fire content made possible because of your guys' donations. Um, but what's also made possible because of your donations is the amazing water well water blah, 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 water well efforts that we've been doing um moving and shaking guys we've been moving and shaking around the world um bringing fresh clean water to communities transforming those communities thousands of people getting exposed to the gospel because you're like you know what i like that elijah fire i like that elijah streams boom here's here's a benjamin boom Here's a, here's a George Washington. Here's a dollar. You know, um, a portion of everything is going to these water well efforts. So we're going to play a quick video and then we're going to get moving and grooving. Here we go. Over 7 million people in Uganda lack access to safe, clean water. But you are changing that statistic by providing access to clean water. But there is still a need. There are still many who don't have access to clean water. Would you continue to help bring clean water to the beautiful people of Uganda? Donate today online at ElijahStreams.com. Thank you guys again. ElijahStreams.com slash donate is how you guys can get in on that as well. Um, All right. So also tomorrow, I want to say it one more time. Tomorrow, which is Saturday, October 24th. First, um, we are going to be releasing our teaching series, the teaching series we did with Cindy McGill, uh, Understanding Your Dreams. It's a four-part series about dream interpretation, understanding that um, that is going to be releasing in podcast form on all of our podcast platforms, which is Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, uh, probably Stitcher, if you're a Stitcher person, uh, one of the five people uh it's it's everywhere so um one day i was like i came up with all these like podcast platforms and i just started typing in elijah fire i'm like oh we're there oh we're there oh we're there so um yeah we're we're all over the place um but again that's gonna be dropping tomorrow all four episodes dropping at the same time so if you have been wanting to understand your own dreams or you've been hanging out with someone and they're like wow or like my my spouse is having crazy dreams or my friend or whatever, or it's just something you're more curious about. This is an amazing teaching series for you. Um, it's going to be a great tool for yourself and for others. Uh, and then on the fourth episode of the teaching series, Cindy came and she did live dream interpretation for people that came on the show. It was just a super unique, fun experience. Um, and it was really fulfilling for everybody involved. So that's going to be really great. That drops tomorrow, all four episodes. October 21st, Saturday. Check it out. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, my guest today, most of you guys know who she is. There's a few people that don't. She's a revivalist. She's an evangelist. She's also the director of Saturate Global. She's got a now, she's got a now word, you guys. Now word. I know that I said we're going to be talking about something else yesterday when I was pitching today's show. Uh, that changed uh, between yesterday and today. So, Forgive us, but it's no less relevant, maybe more relevant. So let's give it up for my guest today, Jesse Green. Jesse Green, hello. <laughs> hey, Jeff, how are you? Fabulous. 
fabulous. It's Friday. We love Friday. Friday's awesome. Very much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So Jesse, you've got uh you've got you got some stuff to share. Yes. Yeah. Sorry to change it up on you, but I'm also like, if you're gonna have a stream with so many prophetic people. I'm sure that that happens. Sometimes. It does happen. It happens a lot, actually. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> it's like that tiny inconvenience with people that hear from the Lord. <laughs> it is, you know, and you kind of have to just accept that when you're planning something like this and you could say, you know, even the title we give where it's like, oh, that we thought that was going to be the emphasis, but it was actually a footnote. And, and you're kind of just like, totally. okay, well, maybe we have to change the title. Maybe we have to do that. It's okay. We roll with yeah. It. So I originally was going to talk to you guys about just what the Lord is doing in regards to healing the wombs of women, which I will touch on that a little bit because it connects to what I'm going to also share. Mm -hmm. um, and then also, again, reemphasizing this rise of Esther's and Deborah's, which we're seeing actually manifest right now on the earth. But last night as I was praying, you know, the Lord just kept saying to me, like, that's not the main emphasis I want you to share today. Mm. And so I quickly emailed Illumination as soon as I woke up this morning and was like, okay, I really feel like this is very important because, um, you know, in the last two months, we've just seen a rise of this. And uh, I think that it's really important that people understand the theology behind it. And so the thing that I really want to emphasize today is that um, water baptisms are actually, in fact, very catalytic right now to the spreading of revival. And I want to encourage people to maybe stretch their mindset when it comes to what they believe baptisms are for and what happens in the baptismal pool. Um, what we're seeing right now, Jeff, is tons and tons of healings and deliverances happening in the baptismal waters. Hmm. And this has been going on since 2020. We really saw um, the Lord just start to release fire on the water. And um, we've synced up with a few other movements um, in just since 2020. And this is an estimate. We tried to like get an accurate count. Mm -hmm. But just since 2020, we've baptized over 18,000 people. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Which is insane. Yeah. That's just crazy. And yeah. I've been, you That's know, crazy. the Lord kind of has just told us to do it. And um, honestly, I just was doing it in obedience to the Lord. I didn't really have like this like word on it. It was more just like God was like baptize people like immediately and so we've just been doing that and it's just crazy what we're seeing happening on the water. And I'm talking about like in bathtubs, in backyard pools, um, even there was one event that I was at and it was like 20 degrees outside and we baptized over 150 women with water bottles and there was just this hunger for repentance. Mm -hmm. And what's so interesting, Jeff, is a lot of the churches that I've been ministering at the last two months, particularly, you know, they're seeing such a move of God after these baptisms that they're now continuing baptisms every week. Wow. And people are coming every week from around the town to come and be baptized. Yeah. Well, it does seem like, Jesse, that um, I, I've even noticed an uptick in in baptisms. Um, and I think, too, maybe it's like, you know, church structure, that's something that God is like, God is kind of dismantling the stuff that is not him. I was even saying on yesterday's show, like there's these, when I was talking to Cindy McGill, there's like these man-made structures we've built on sacred land, um, mm. you know, and that sacred land wasn't meant to have anything that God didn't intend to be there on it. But we're like, no, we must, we must play four songs and then have message <laughs> and then and then uh and then have two more songs at the end of every service you know like well, that's something we right. have to do um and it does seem like baptism while and maybe you can speak to this and maybe my maybe my theology needs to change on this but what i was taught is that baptisms are not essential to salvation however they're um it's undeniable that God is doing a lot through them and that there's a lot of deliverance and healing that can happen. God, it can expedite people's healing even. 
during uh, during baptism. But I actually would love for you to address what I just said. If there's er errors in my own thinking towards baptism, I'm not alone in that. And I think it's really important to have a posture of, of humility like that when it comes to especially things like baptism. Like, hey, maybe they should be more integral uh, to someone's salvation. So I would love, actually love for you to address what I just said. Totally. Yeah. And there's, I think there's a lot here. I just from the last two months, really, I, I feel like there's been a lot of questions people have been asking. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I was like, you know, let me take this opportunity with you, Jeff and Elijah fire, yeah. um, really just to like, even educate people with what's happening prophetically mm -hmm. so that, um, I've had a lot of people say, you know, I've encountered God in a crazy way this summer while being baptized, but I don't know how to explain what's happening beyond just like the Holy Spirit met me there. And so, and then obviously um, that religious spirit is going to try to water down what the Lord is doing and mm -hmm. almost even sometimes put guilt in. I know a lot of times people feel this fear of like, you know, I've been baptized before. I was baptized as a baby. I was baptized at 16. Can I be baptized again? So I want to kind of dismantle all of that stuff. Um, and bring some like theology into it. So first and foremost, I will say you are completely right um, in the fact that only the cross, only the blood of Jesus saves us from our sins. So all the time people are like, do I need to be baptized to be saved? No. Mm -hmm. Like again, because that would fall into works, right? We know that it's just the cross alone, the sacrifice of Jesus um, and our belief in him and his death and resurrection, that is what saves us, right? It's by grace that you've been saved. You know, Colossians 2, 14 through 15 talks about that only the cross releases us from the debt of sin, yeah. right? So if anyone tells you that you need to be baptized to be saved, they're, they're also in error. Because I think sometimes we can swing and be like, now that we're seeing God move it, if you're not baptized, and people always say like, what about the thief on the cross, right? And so again, I'm like, no, yeah, baptisms have nothing to do with your salvation, okay? So let's just calm down, put that to rest. Yeah, all get the untriggered, time, okay, yeah. everybody. <laughs> well, it's funny because it's like, you know, sometimes, especially on social media, people like put words in your mouth and you're like, that's not what I'm saying. So I've been saying and sharing these stories of, deliverance, healing, miracles, the Holy Spirit coming with fire on baptisms. And people are like, well, you don't need to be baptized to be saved. And I'm like, never said that. Also, yeah. just relax. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, because we, uh, yes, I know that all too well. I was going to go down a rabbit trail. We don't need to. Yes. I know that all too well. People, it's like people read between the lines of what you're not saying and they just totally. go, Oh, so what you're saying is I'm like, no, I literally did not say that, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. I know. So all the time I'm like, they're like, what about the thief on the cross? I'm like, let's chill. The thief on the cross got an opportunity to be saved, but there also is more available. And I just want to encourage people. Like I also say, don't hold your life to the standard of the thief on the cross. Like there is more available to you than mm -hmm. your last breath being the yeah. opportunity to yeah, be saved. Really yeah. And so, um, so anyway, I want to encourage people right now. Um, and if you do have a Bible with you, you can open it up, but Colossians two, um, I think is a really good starting point for people. Uh, and I'm going to just throw in lots of scriptures and you can like fact check me later if you want, and then send me all the messages. Um, <laughs> but Colossians two, um, verses 11 through 12, what it says here is this, it says, um, in him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God. And so really quickly, I just want to encourage people. One of the key elements of power in baptism is that you're being baptized through faith. And so what you believe about the word, what you believe about Jesus, what you believe about the gospel 
will actually affect, I believe, the fruit of your baptism. Mm. So that meaning, um, I've talked to a lot of people and they have no idea why they were ever even baptized. They were baptized just as a symbol of being a Christian, but most of those people don't even know the gospel. And again, that Colossians 2 chapter connects to Romans 6 as well, where it says, you know, Paul says, I'm going to paraphrase this, but it's one of my favorite things. Paul says to Roman church, he's like, don't you know, like, this is the most obvious thing. Like, don't you know that when you were buried with him in baptism, that you were going to be raised with him? And Uh then he talks about walking in newness of life. Now, Mm -hmm. the assumption for the entire early church, so I'm talking about Romans, Colossians, Galatians, you'll see in Corinthians, like baptism is a reoccurring theme. Um, I have first Peter, I have like a list of over 30 verses in the New Testament that talk about the importance of baptism. But the emphasis that Paul continually is trying to explain to people is what they what they understand about partnering with Jesus in his death and resurrection. Mm. And so we know when Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, he says, you know, Nicodemus is desperate for an answer. And Jesus says to him, he says, you cannot see. And that word is actually a Greek word, heroa, which means you can't experience you can't perceive the kingdom of God until you're born again. Mm. And so I think what happens is a lot of people, their Christianity is a little mundane. It's a little bit sleepy. They're not really seeing power in their life and they feel frustrated. I talk to people all the time and I'm like, is your Christianity actually working? Like, do you see in your life what's promised in scripture? Are you healing the sick, casting out demons, You know, are you filled with the Holy Spirit to like the point of rivers of living water flowing out of you? Because if not, there there is more available to you. And I believe, especially in this revival, the baptism waters are that invitation to fully die to yourself and to walk in newness of life. Mm. And what we're seeing is when people through faith, Jeff, meaning that they actually believe the gospel. They believe what's said in Romans, which means that it needs to be preached so that they can believe it, right? Mm -hmm. So when we preach the pure gospel and then say, listen, repent of your sins, repent of your life, maybe your Christian life that is full of sin and turn away from that and just go all in and you know, decide today to really follow Jesus these people that are getting baptized, we're seeing miraculous healings, massive deliverance. And literally people are saying that they're experiencing the power of God in a way that they never even knew was possible. Hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it's something I was thinking about while you're talking was like, clearly there's a significance to baptism. Obviously it's in scripture. Obviously we have, you know, theology to back that up, but I was thinking about Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, how like that was, you know, he's like, Hey, let's get, let's get, there's water right here. Let's get baptized right now. So obviously there is, there is, even in the early church, there was a, 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 it was almost like an essential thing. Obviously it wasn't necessary to your salvation, but it was an essential ingredient in that. Yeah. That demonstration of like, Hey, I'm, I'm dead. I, I died with Jesus. Um, and again, I've said this before, but you are to think for me, you know, kind of, cause you know, there's that whole thing taught in the church of like baptism is a symbol of you dying with Christ and being risen again. And you were like, Hey, not according to Romans six. And I was <laughs> like, yeah, I've read that verse so many times, but for some reason it just didn't click that right. it was completely, you know, the opposite of what people, you know, I was taught growing up. So, well, and I can even, okay. So since then, I feel like since May, I've been in like a deep school of this mm-hmm. and uh, there's even just more evidence to all this. And so even like, let's just, we could talk about church history for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I've just spent months just ruminating on this and 
going to give a cliff notes to all our Elijah Fire fans here so that I can save you months of research. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Um, But yes, so most people, Jeff, I would say most people in the charismatic and the evangelical church especially believe that baptisms are symbolic. It's a public declaration for an inward decision, right? We put on our t-shirts, like I have decided to follow Jesus and everyone cheers and claps. We go into the water, we come out, everyone's like, hooray. And that's kind of the end of it, right? Mm -hmm. Like most baptisms look that way. Listen, Jeff, and I'll send you, we'll have to show footage one day, but I have thousands of hours of footage where no one can even clap because the glory of God is coming so heavy on the baptismal that we literally usually have like three or four strong men around the tank to help us pull people out of the water because they are so slain in the spirit that they cannot stand up. Wow. And I'm like, this is different than like what I grew up, like being taught baptisms were. Mm -hmm. And I I agree. So the early church, you see it through Acts, right? There's an urgency to baptisms. And so I've been asking the same question with you, Philip and the eunuch, right? It's like he gets saved and then they're like, there's some water right down there. Let's go or Peter preaches and all of a sudden all these thousands of people they're like what what should we do and Peter's response is interesting cuz he says repent and be baptized like that's the response and i would say most of us in church when people make a decision to follow Jesus our response is like okay how do you join a membership class or get some like biblical training It's not this urgency to get into the water. And so I've been asking the Lord, what was with the urgency? And I'm going to, this is going to be controversial, but I really believe as I've been studying scripture and as I've been studying church history, that Jesus and the cross and his death and resurrection are the only key for salvation. However, I believe that baptisms are efficacious meaning that something is actually happening in the water. It is not symbolic. And every early church before the 16th century would actually agree. Hmm. So it wasn't until um, the, let me see, I have the guy's name here. In the 16th century, Swiss reformer, and I'm going to brutalize his name, Holdrick Zwinglingli. (laughs) There we go. What a Um, name. Yeah, I'm like, I can't even, you can just Google it. But basically, up until that point, this is the first guy that considered baptisms to be symbolic and not efficacious. Mm. And from that then came our current theology where most people think that it's symbolic and not something actually happening. And so as you read through all of church history, that's why even the Catholic church went like, full on with like the infant baptisms. And then that became a point of contention, but they believed so strongly from the beliefs of the early church that baptisms were efficacious, that they feared that if they didn't baptize their babies, that their babies wouldn't spend eternity in heaven. And so that's why you see those far pendulum swings, right? Cause it's like that belief went really intense where they're like, okay, like everyone needs to be baptized. And then you see this turn in the church in the 16th century, where now all of a sudden it's a representation of your faith versus an actual manifestation. And I actually believe the reason why the whole early church immediately did baptism. So it was like you got saved and that day you got baptized. And the reason why before the 16th century, the whole early church did that is I believe that baptisms are essential for your sanctification process. Yeah, no, and I would agree. And honestly, Jesse, like, as I'm, so it, like I, I've shared this on the show, but um, I actually have been memorizing Romans chapter six. Uh, yeah. It, it was like this process of like, I'm like halfway. Yeah, I've memorized like half, over, you know, over half of it now. Um, 
but uh don't test me on it because i like it's weird <laughs> i like i was talking to a, another friend of mine who does podcasts and we're like it's so weird i like i can i can bust out scripture i can tell you where it is but then when i'm on a show all of a sudden it's like and then this and i'm like <laughs> the verse i quote every morning in a prayer i fumble over i'm like come on uh because i'm on the spot like i um, swear i know stuff <laughs> I, I, I know it okay guys um but uh how i think that it's like i mean th just as i've been you know spending a lot of time in this chapter like i love paul's terminology in it of just addressing our reality which is you are dead okay and because you're dead we also have faith because Jesus was raised from the dead, we too share in that resurrection. Right. And he said, because of these things, don't let sin reign in your mortal bodies so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death. I've seen now I got it. Okay. You got um, it. Nailed now I got it. it. <laughs> but uh, as an instrument of righteousness. So, like it, it's like, hey, this is your reality. That was the hinging point. Was your death? Okay, you were baptized into his death through baptism. Now, now you conduct yourselves differently. Now you're you've been reoriented towards right. him, right? Rather than to death in the grave and hell, you've been reoriented to him. Okay, so it's like if you're in a muddy area, obviously you've been you've been saved, but it's like, hey. The direction you're going was more mud. Okay. Now we're going to dry land and we're going to a shower. Okay. There it is. Okay. <laughs> so your process of getting out of that, right. You, you become, you, now you're walking out that sanctification. Now like that's that pro, you know, it's like, that's that process of sanctification, right? You're now walking that out. Anyways, I get excited. I get excited about no, it. So you're, you're exactly right, Jeff. And I think what I love about it is you know, I, so obviously Christians all around the world, ourselves included, right? There, there still is a temptation and wrestle with sin. Mm -hmm. And what I love about baptisms is I think, so in the Jewish culture, and you're talking about Israel before, like there's some things that are so key in the Jewish culture that we really do miss in the Western church Christianity. And that's the importance of remembrance mm -hmm. and uh, the Jewish culture. Like I would say they almost emphasize their their whole culture on remembering, mm -hmm. right? It's like, that is the key to being a Jew yeah. is remembering, remembering yeah. like these stones of remembrance. Remember what your forefathers did. Remember Abraham, all the right? Yeah. The, all, all the feasts, the feasts are the to remember something. Yeah. And so all of this, and I think sometimes we don't realize the importance of remembering things that we've done. Yeah. And I think that baptisms, you know, they're, it's, a, it's such a, undignified moment, right? It's like, you can't look pretty doing baptisms. Like there's mascara everywhere. Like people are like just gross. And it's like, their hair is a mess. And I really do believe it's like this moment of just being undignified before Christ and other mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. And it, I, I think that it's so intense so that you remember mm -hmm. so that when this, when the enemy tries to tempt you, when he tries to like bring you back into sin, you remember, right? That no, you've been partnered with Jesus in his death and resurrection. Mm -hmm. And then I feel like that remembrance is what gives you more authority and power. And so I always tell people, I'm like, listen, if when you got baptized, if you had no revelation of the fact that you were being baptized into Christ and literally being like, dying with him and being mm -hmm. raised again with him, I would encourage you be baptized again yeah. because the, the real issue is, is I think a lot of times in our Christianity, especially in America, we just go through the motions and do things. Mm -hmm. And it, it says throughout scripture in Romans, Colossians, first Peter, Galatians, it talks about the important element, Jeff, of faith with baptisms. Mm. And it's through faith. And so we know, again, like, for example, with healing, with miracles, signs and wonders, right? Like faith is so key in our Christianity. And I don't know why as a church, we don't incorporate faith and activate faith and what it's doing to the person 
while baptisms are happening. Mm. And so I encourage people, what you believe about baptisms actually affects the fruit of your baptism. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I obviously, maybe it's a, an issue of like, if someone had a baptism prior to like a real revelation of what baptism is, I would say that was the case for me. Um, when I first said yes to Jesus when I was 18. Um, but I, I, maybe it's just a thing between you and the Lord of like, Hey, if this is something that I really feel like, so I got baptized again with, with Lauren. And for me, it was more about getting baptized with my wife together. We got baptized. Like we went into the water together in the Jordan river when we were in Israel. So we baptized nice. a bunch of people <laughs> and then we had, uh, we had a couple, uh, baptize us and, and, um, you know, look, people are going to have different experiences and under when, when they're in the water and come back out, right? Some people, like you were saying, get, you know, slain in the spirit and are, you know, super limp, like a wet noodle. And, and, <laughs> uh, and then other people are crying. Other people are shouting and laughing. I would say for us, it was more laughter, but, um, you know, it wasn't, uh, there are probably some people watching who, who witnessed it happen, but, um, you know, it, I think it's important because Satan's dumb and he'll be like, you didn't have an experience like zone, zone, zone. You didn't <laughs> really get baptized, you know? Uh, and I think that that's also important because I'm sure Jesse, you've seen a, a, a nice kaleidoscope of reactions and some of them may just be praise God. Woo. And then they get out and some people, yeah, completely. I mean, go into full on deliverance. I'm sure you've seen a lot. Totally. About 18,000 well, baptisms, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, it's, well, I think it's the same that you would see during an altar call moment, right? Right, yeah. So when people come to the front, you have some people weeping, some people crying, mm -hmm. you know, healings happening, deliverance happening. And I think what's really interesting is, you know, especially when it comes to baptisms. And I, I will say, and again, like, it's one of those things where I'm like, I don't totally understand it, but also, and we've talked about this before, Jeff, but I love the mysteries of God and mm -hmm. the things that I can't understand. Yeah, same. But um, I would say since 2020, um, something has changed with baptisms. Okay. And I believe that it's a huge catalyst to this revival. And the Lord specifically, I don't know why he's choosing to do it I have some insight, but he's just choosing at this moment to truly like really meet people in the water in a way that I've never seen. So I've been baptizing people for years, but I would say 2020, it was like something changed where I was like, okay, like there is definitely more miracles, healing and deliverance happening in the water than I've ever seen. And we recently have, um, linked arms with a church in Dawsonville, Georgia called Christ Fellowship Church. And they've baptized 50,000 people. That's nuts, man. Which is insane. It's yeah. insane. And uh, I I got re-baptized there um, just about a year ago. And uh, this is like, this is what I do full time is preach the gospel and baptize people and I felt such a drawing of the Holy Spirit to get back into the water. And uh, something that one of the pastors there says, so Pastor Karen, she says, you know, it feels like in this revival, the baptism waters very much are representing either a womb or a tomb. Okay. And it's very much prophetic um, as well. So it's like a lot of people there are things that they're dying to, mm -hmm. maybe old seasons, um, maybe, you know, people that have walked away from their faith and it's that recommitment. Um, but also there's a lot of people that are getting baptized as they step into the new. So I, again, I think it's interesting. You said that when you got married, you guys were like, okay, let's get baptized together because we're seeing tons and tons of married couples getting baptized together and um, just committing their marriage to the Lord. Yeah. And uh, we even have had in the last, I would say, six months, um, 
and it's kind of heavy sometimes, but um, people confessing of some like really crazy stuff in their marriages. Sometimes when you're here, you're like, you're like, oh man, I don't know if I should be like hearing this right now. Yeah. Um, but like crazy adultery stuff. Wow. Um, really like, I mean, one woman shared recently, this was just two weeks ago, shared with me that um she actually was having an affair with another woman hmm. and her she never told her husband. And it was the first time she told her husband, and they basically recommitted their marriage to one another. Wow. in the baptismal tank man, that's rough and i mean it's, it's good like, but it's just it's like intense. man that's intense yeah and this is all like in the church so i'm not even talking about like those in the world like these are people that are the saints mm. and as you know jeff and as everyone watching knows like revival first and foremost is for the church yeah it's that reawakening to your first love that rekindling of the fire of what you felt like when you first got saved. And so what's so interesting and um, it's it just, it's almost undeniable is that, you know, if you have the faith for it right now, it's like the Lord is reconciling marriages. Yep. He's healing physical bodies. You know, um, at Christ fellowship church, they just shared a, like a side-by-side -side picture of one guy that had full tumor scans like all over his body and like the scan, it was like his whole body was covered in cancer. Wow. He got baptized and the next week they did a scan and there was no cancer in his entire body. And uh, like, when you see the pictures next to each other, you're just like, this is crazy. Mm. Like it's like Catherine Coleman level, like healing anointing, but it's like everyone has access to it and it feels like a huge key to it is baptisms. And I've just been asking the Lord, like, like why, why the baptism waters? Like why now? Why that? And the only thing I just keep like coming back to over and over again is Romans six, that revelation of the death and resurrection in Christ. And also I just keep thinking about, John the Baptist. And obviously his whole ministry was around baptisms. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he says, he goes, I'm preparing the way I, I like, I baptize people for repentance. And, you know, everyone says this, and we know this, like there is no revival without repentance. Mm -hmm. And so I believe that the baptism waters is that invitation to repent. Mm. And from there, people are getting filled with the Holy Spirit and fire. Yeah. And uh, I just love that John the Baptist, he says, he says, it, Matthew, he goes, you know, there's one coming who's greater than I, and he will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. Mm -hmm. And we're just seeing that happen right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, too, it's worth pointing out, um, kind of as it pertains to repentance, um, that, I mean, even for Lauren and myself, like God has been, you know, this year has really been highlighting just stuff from even our childhood or, you know, from our teen years that we had completely forgotten about that he wants to bring healing to. And I think that, you know, where the enemy loves to operate is like making believers who are, um, who are walking out their, you know, their, their, their beliefs, their, 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 their in an intimate relationship with the Lord. And then these things get revealed is to go, ha, see, you're not saved. And, and I, I've, right. I've, I've seen a lot of heaviness on people, uh, you know, cause they get people that write me that ask me questions. There's a lot of heaviness about things like that. And I'm like, no guys, like this is, this is evidence that you are saved because right. you're being sanctified and, and so I think so for any good. for anybody that's that's having things highlighted to them and they've been really ashamed of them, that's Satan. Like God, right. God is highlighting these things because he wants he wants you to walk in the freedom available to you. And yeah, sometimes you can go, you know, like I was saved when I was 18 and now I'm like in my late 30s. And there's 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 things that God is revealing that there's almost like there's other things needed to be dealt with for me to actually see this other thing, you know, and it's God's goodness that's revealing these things to us because, you know, he's committed to more, more than we are committed to us 
becoming conformed to the image of his son. So I think like if any of you are hearing these things that Jesse's talking about and you're like, oh man, like that's, that's hitting a little close to home for me. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. Um, confess those things, confess those sins. Um, and, uh, it like the good, there's so much goodness on the other side of that confession. There's so much freedom on the other side of that confession. So, yeah. Well, and what's interesting too, Jeff is so obviously in the old Testament and in the Jewish culture, like their ritual practice Mm -hmm. of repentance and cleansing was the mikvah bath. So We, that was just normal Jewish custom, right? So anytime like a woman had her like cycle, mm-hmm. she would go and get mikvah afterwards, right? And it was like a very normal thing before you could enter into the temple, people were mikvah, right? And that was just part of their custom. And so it was a very um, normal part of culture to like ceremonial cleanse yourself obviously we know now, right, that we're baptized into, into Christ, right, in his death and resurrection, right? But something I tell people too is like, you know, you, you're in a relationship now with Jesus, mm-hmm. right? So if you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus, if you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, right, like we know the veil has been torn, right? Like we don't have to set up all the stuff outside right. the temple to Praise access God. the Holy of Holies, right? Praise God. Yeah. None of us would be in there. No so, way. Yeah. <laughs> but I tell people, I'm like, don't become familiar with him just because he's accessible. Mm. And um, I think one of the things that we do as a disservice to ourselves, Jeff, is because we have access to the Holy of Holies because of the blood of Jesus, right? Because we have full access to him, I think sometimes we take for granted what's available. And sometimes I'm like, man, like, like I know for myself, I've set up a thing where I just, every time I take a shower, right? Like I'm cleansing my physical body. Yeah. I just say to the Lord, I say, search my heart, God. Mm. If there's anything in me that offends you, just reveal it to me. And it's not a huge baptism service, right? But I'm just keeping my heart pure and clean before the Lord. Because here's the thing. We're in a process of sanctification. Mm -hmm. And I believe that the Holy Spirit is so kind and so loving that he's not just going to throw everything at you. At the same time, because it pro- you would probably just like burst if you saw all of your sin and shame, like all at once, but he removes that. But all of that weird thinking, all of those weird mindsets, all of those like unforgiveness patterns, right? Like the weird things that we do just as people, I love that the Holy Spirit in a relationship with him will be like, hey, you know, you probably shouldn't like he'll you'll hear someone's name and all of a sudden you feel like triggered by it. Right. Mm -hmm. And I believe that the Holy Spirit's saying, listen, right, right there is an opportunity for deeper healing, Mm. for deeper sanctification. Right. And so I just want to encourage people like something I've been preaching the last month. It's like, I just can't get away from this word is, you know, everyone's praying for miracles. We want healing signs and wonders. And I just feel like I just want to, even right now for those that are watching, just tell you like, don't resist the Holy Spirit. Hmm. And a lot of times it looks like an inconvenient moment where the Holy Spirit is just coming in and he's just dealing with some stuff. And I tell people, I'm like, one of the biggest signs is tears. And I see people all the time, they'll come to one of our events at Saturate or one of the places where we go and preach And they're like praying for God to meet them. They're like, I want an encounter. I need a miracle. And they start crying. And immediately, Jeff, they do this. They go, yeah, they like start to clean themselves Uh up. And I'm like, don't clean yourself up. Like just press into it. Mm -hmm. Like just let the tears do what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And don't resist what the Holy Spirit's doing because he's probably healing something in you that you've been praying to be healed. And so I believe even with the baptisms, again, 
I just always go back to Acts 2, where it's like they hear the gospel and it says they're cut to the heart. And Colossians talks about, you know, the circumcision now is not with hands, right? But it's like he's he's dealing with our heart. He's circumcising our heart. And the response when your heart is circumcised is, and it's always this, it's what must I do, right? And sometimes that what must I do, it looks like getting into the water and being baptized. Mm. Sometimes it looks like calling up someone and asking for forgiveness, you know? And I think that we live in an era um, very much of like Greek philosophy where our response is, do I have to do this? And like, I don't know what my belief is on this. Do I have to do this? And I just encourage people like allow the Holy Spirit to tenderize your heart to the point where you just say, listen, whatever it is that the Holy Spirit's inviting me into, I just want to say yes to that. And I want to be a first responder to him. Mm. And so I, I think that that's what he's doing in this revival is he's just saying to people like, do I have all of you? Like, yeah. are you all in? And if there's anything that's not of me, like, I I just, I will have no part of that anymore. Mm. And so that's why we're seeing so much is coming to the surface. But again, I think that, like you said, Jeff, that's his loving kindness, drawing us into the things that we say that we want. Yeah, no, that's so good. So good. And I think too, it's like, it's sort of like, I put, I put the, especially as I get older, I put the whole like, you know, baptisms, baptism is not essential. You know, you don't have to do it. And, and, and realizing like, no, I think it actually should be an essential part of a believer's process. And I would say the sooner, the better, like if you said yes to Jesus, get baptized, you know? And I put that in the same boat as like the question of like, um, when people are like, uh, do you think, do you believe in once saved, always saved? Uh, and I'm like, I feel like this is like, looking at this issue from the from the wrong angle that looking at from the wrong angle of i'm like like we should be actually putting more emphasis on what it means to be saved and and walking that out rather than going once saved always saved or nay yay or nay you know to that (laughs) and then okay the yays you go over to that church the nays you go with that guy in the church because we're splitting you know what i mean like right and there's just been so much division over that i'm like you're coming at this from the wrong angle. And I feel like it's been the same with baptism as well is like, um, you know, and then we also make it this big, you know, uh, this big hoopla. And look, I, I totally understand like a church, like you want to, you want to bring in as many people to get baptized at, at once, you know, you could bust it out, but maybe as, as churches, we need to be a little bit more flexible about it. Um, right. You know? And so actually Jesse, what I would love for you to do, because I really want to capitalize on this moment and I really want um, everyone to get on board with this. Number one, yes or no. Can any believer baptize someone? So my belief is that any believer that confesses that Jesus is Lord and they've committed their life to Christ, I believe they, they can baptize people. Okay. Cause there's this misconception and again, this is a lot of this is, is stuff that, you know, I don't know if it was carried over from like, you know, Catholicism into other things, but there's always this like, no, only, only the designated man or woman of God <laughs> can baptize people. And I remember even when I did it, you know, we were on a mission trip. I was leading a team. We were in Thailand and we were like, there was enough people that came up to me like individually and they're like, Jeff, can, can we, can I get baptized here? And then I was like, all right, everybody, we're doing baptisms. And me and my co-leader were standing there and we're, we're baptizing people. So, and it was an amazing experience. Um, so, uh, Jesse, can you walk people through how to baptize someone? Because <laughs> you can baptize people in your jacuzzi. You can baptize people in the bathtub. You can baptize people. Yes. Even with cold water bottles in <laughs> chilly weather, you can baptize people in a uh, plastic lined bed of a truck, you know, in a swimming (laughs) pool, all that stuff. So Jesse, how does somebody baptize someone? That's actually a really good question. So 
Um, I would say the way I do baptisms is probably a little unconventional. Okay. Um, and so like one of the ways we train our team. So we do baptisms every week at our church. So we have a church in North Carolina, Salt Church, and we do baptisms every single Sunday. Um, again, just to, like you said before, like bring that barrier down. Mm -hmm. So it's not like you have to go through like a 10 month course. Yeah. It's not this big whoop-de-doo. It's yeah. You know, it's I mean, like it is a big whoop-de-doo, but, but it's know. like, if you want to get baptized, we want to make this accessible to yeah, you. That's good. So we do it every Sunday and every week we see people come and be baptized. Sweet. And I've been telling churches, listen, if you open up weekly baptisms, the Lord will send you people. That's cool. And so every week, like our whole marketing campaign is zilch. It's just word of mouth of people saying, listen, you can come to this church, hear the gospel and be baptized. And so again, I've been telling churches that we're partnering with, like open up the baptismal and just see what the Lord will do. He'll send mm -hmm. you the fish if you're committed to cleaning them. And so <laughs> it's like, I think a lot of times we're trying to do all these strategies, right? And so when we baptize someone, the first thing is, again, um, the reason why I believe everyone can baptize people is that Romans 6 and the Colossians 2 is that we're baptizing people through faith. And something I tell people all the time is when I'm baptizing someone, they're like, you know... I'm going to just give an example of this. So I was just in Yakima this weekend. Oh, nice. And we yeah, we baptized over 80 people in Yakima. And saw tons of healing, tons of miracles. And I had someone ask me just this weekend. They said, you know, they're like, I was baptized two years ago at my church. They're like, um, we didn't see like any miracles or healings or signs or wonders. Like what makes this baptismal different? And what I say is this, and this everyone could agree or disagree, but when I'm baptizing someone, so, um, I believe we all have different callings and different mm -hmm. anointings. Right. Mm -hmm. And you know, like I am not like Catherine Coleman. I can't wave my arm and all these people are going to be healed. Right. But what I do have is a revelation of Jesus at the water. And, um, for me, you know, I, I think that's something that's really important for people when they're baptizing is to realize, you know, like Colossians says, this is not a circumcision, circumcision with human hands, but this is all done like through the spirit. And so when I'm baptizing people, and this is how I train the team, um, I say to them, listen, it's actually not you baptizing. You need to invite Jesus to baptize with you. Mm, and I actually, so my favorite verse in almost the whole scripture is when John the Baptist says, he says, behold, behold the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And I tell people when they get into the tank, I say, listen, don't look at me. Don't look at Parker. Don't look at Victoria. Don't look at whoever. I'm like, I actually just right now just want you to behold the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world and just right now, we're going to invite Jesus to baptize you. Hmm. And um, I believe that through the power of the Holy Spirit, he can use me as a vessel to, to partner with him in that. And so they get into the water. And again, we have thousands of hours of video clips of this. But this is what I say before baptisms start. And Jeff, every person, every person, I'm talking 10 out of 10, every single person, um, as they're waiting in line and we're worshiping and we're telling them to keep their eyes focused on Jesus, not on the baptismal, on Jesus, every single person that's approaching the tank, there's something so holy that's happening. People are shaking. People are weeping. They can't even get into the tank oftentimes. Um, and it really is, I would say, it is a very holy moment. You can feel it in the atmosphere and they get into the water. And then I just say to them, it's really simple. Everyone's like, what's the magic sauce? So they're focusing on Jesus. And I just say, what's your name? And they'd say, Jeff. And I'd say, okay, Jeff, why are you being baptized today? And people just start weeping. Maybe it's, they need a healing mm. or they want to give their life to Jesus or um, they, they've been far from God. We have a lot of people 
that say, you know, I have not been following Jesus Mm -hmm. and I, I can't live this way anymore. And so all of a sudden we just say to them, we just say, okay, listen, is Jesus your Lord and your savior? And they would say yes. And we just say, do you want to go all in in following Jesus? Mm. And they say yes. And then we cover their nose and say, I baptize you now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we dunk them under the water. And when they're under the water, I just simply say, as I push them under, I go, Holy Spirit, come. And Mm. as they come up, I say, take a deep breath. And I say, receive the Holy Spirit. And that's when all the healings, deliverance, wildness, craziness happens. And for some people, it looks like joy. It looks like laughter. It looks Mm. like freedom. For some people, it looks like vomiting and Mm. pulling them out of the tank as fast as we can. And um, all this stuff coming out. Usually there's bodies all around the floor around the baptismal because people are just experiencing his presence. and. Um, so I just encourage people, if you're baptizing people, um, first, like, I know this sounds simple, but like, I won't baptize people if I have not been in the secret place. Mm. And so for me, yeah, like I need to make sure that like, I'm abiding in him, John 15, right? We know he says, abide in me and I, and you apart from me, you can do nothing. So I think if you're not abiding in him, you can't baptize people. Hmm. And so I think as you abide in him and abide in his word, right, that all of a sudden then it's like that word does become like manifest. And, you know, that's when you're giving people an experience with a living, real Jesus versus like a form of religion. Mm. So good. Everybody, do you feel equipped now so that if anybody (laughs) is... Come to North Carolina and we will train you and you will yeah. feel very equipped. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, absolutely. So everybody, that was at of today's episode, which is 325. That was at minute 56-ish. Just go to 56 <laughs> of 325. Um, or you can write it down and put it on a sticky note in your Bible or something like that. Um, but for those of you who don't feel like doing that, step one, what's your name? You ask what their name is. <laughs> step two. Why do you want to get baptized? Step three is Jesus, your Lord and Savior. Step four, do you want to go all in for Jesus? All right. And so when they're going down, step five, you can say, just like Jesse does, Holy Spirit, come. When they come back up, you tell them to take a deep breath and you say, receive the Holy Spirit. So guys, it's, it's that simple. All right. And it's not you. And I think that's the important thing to remember. Um, And if someone, and if you've done all these things, right, you've crossed every T, you've dotted every <laughs> I, and you don't see a manifestation, keep persisting. All right. You're not yes. doing anything wrong. I think that we so, so often in our walk, we go, I did everything right. I did. I, I did exactly what Jesus did in, <laughs> or I did exactly what Paul or Philip or whoever. And you're like, and nothing happened and something's wrong with me. And I, I talk to people all the time who think they're doing things wrong. I'm like, no, you're not. Keep pushing in, keep persisting. You're doing it right. And I think like we put so much of a burden on ourselves and we actually stopped doing things because we're like, it's all, it's my fault. It's my fault. I'm take your eyes off of yourself and focus on him. And it's like, just be patient and and persevere. So, um, Jeff on that too, I just want to tell people like something also is like, just come and see. Mm. Um, because two things that I've learned about the Lord is he can't resist hunger and he can't resist humility. Mm. And I remember for years, for years feeling so frustrated because I would pray for people that were sick uh-huh. and they were never getting healed. And I'd read all the books. <laughs> I had like watched all the videos. I read all the scriptures and like, it just wasn't working. Mm. And I felt so angsty and frustrated. And I just want to encourage you. I have no actually, idea what you're talking about, Jesse. <laughs> I want to encourage you though. Like that's okay. Like yeah. it's okay. If you feel frustrated, especially if like you're going for the thing and it's not, it feels like it's not working. And I remember just one time the Lord just whispered to me and he said, just go and see. And so I like looked up some people that were like, like, 
seeing fruit in healing, um, some different movements and ministries. And the Lord was like, it's going to cost you. And it cost me a thousand dollars to go to this event and like watch them pray for the sick. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. To get behind this ministry, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Now back to the show. And I like sat in the front and I like watched every little thing that they did. And then I asked them to pray for me. And I went back home and literally about three months later, I'm praying for someone. And it was the first time I saw someone physically healed. And I was like, oh my goodness, like this is real. Like this is really real. And my faith increased so much. And I just think that there is something about, you know, that Hebrew style of learning where, you know, the assumption in rabbinical, um, like learning was that someone was demonstrating something to you, right? It was all oral, right? And so they would actually teach people and say like, this is how you do it. Like, come and do this with me, right? And so I want to encourage people to like, if this is something that you feel like is burning in you and you're like, I actually want to baptize people and see this happen, or I want to see healings or miracles, you know, and I, I want to preach the gospel and see people saved, like, come and see, like we do events all the time. And one of my biggest passions, Jeff, is to equip the saints where like, you can stand right next to me and I will explain to you everything that's happening. And I will literally have you come and help me baptize people and then show you like, okay, what are you experiencing? What are you sensing the Holy Spirit's doing right here? You know, so that you can grab a hold of something to then take home Mm. with you wherever you live. And so, again, I think it's important to just stay a student and uh, all the time, like I'm learning more about the prophetic and I'll fly myself to Arizona and spend some time with Patricia King. And I'm like, am I accurate? Am I hearing right? What? And I think it's very important that we stay hungry. We stay humble. And if there's something that the Holy Spirit's provoking in you where you're like, man, I want to do this. Like just go and see and learn and glean and then keep being faithful and keep stepping out. And the Lord, he will, he will work in you and through you, but usually it's a humbling process. Mm -hmm. And so I want to say like, press in to the, to the humility of not having it all together And I also want to encourage people, don't do what I did from 2016 to 2020. Don't do what I did where I was like, fake it till you make it. And I was like, yeah, God heals God. And I wasn't seeing anything. Like, don't feel like you need to fake something that's not happening. Instead, get into that secret place, wrestle and say, Lord, listen, I'm not leaving. Hmm. I'm not leaving this room until you give me revelation. I'm not leaving this room until you anoint me. I'm not leaving this room until you anoint my words where people want to be saved, where it's a demonstration of power. And I will, I promise you the Lord is okay with that wrestle. And he, he says, he says, I will reward you, right? He says the father rewards those in secret, right? And so I, I, I just can't emphasize enough, like, the reward is in the secret place. And so just don't overlook that and then just fake something. Like mm-hmm. the real thing is available to you. Yeah. And this possibly is your invitation into more. Yeah. So good. So good, Jesse. Uh, so why don't you just go ahead and pray for people too? Um, Absolutely. Maybe some people are still really nervous at the prospect of like, I feel like God is calling me to actually start <laughs> baptizing some people, uh, you know, so. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus, I just thank you that we are in the days of revival in yeah. America. And I pray that our eyes would be lifted, that we would see the harvest that's right in front of us. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, that in this move of God, it's beyond what we saw in Azusa. It's beyond the Jesus people movement, but you are equipping your saints to do the work of the ministry. I pray that we would be ambassadors of reconciliation, that we would call people into a brand new life in you. I pray, Lord Jesus, that every single one of us, that you would do it first in us, that we would know you, that you would not be this like distant God, but we would truly know you. 
and we would abide in you, God. And I pray for every person watching that this boldness and hunger would come over them where they just would feel this thing of like, do I have to, do I have to would switch over to like, what must I do? Like if there's more available, then I want more. If there's parts of my life that I need to crucify, if there's things that need to die, I just want those things to die so that I can just have the fullness of what you are offering me, Jesus. And so God, I thank you so much that you are leading your church into just more of your love, more of your glory. I believe that we're about to see thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands upon thousands of baptisms sweeping the streets of America in a way that we don't even know how to pray into. I pray that people would be quick to be saved and they would turn around and baptize their best friend. And so I just think that this is going to be a ripple of revival that cannot be contained. It cannot be stopped. And I pray that the revelation of Jesus would be at the forefront of every single one of our minds. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Jesse Green, thank you for sharing. This is great. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Absolutely. So uh, how can people get saturate how can they get the book saturate how can they follow you how can they stay up to date just in case you're like yes. oh jesse green's in yakima again which i would have known because my mother-in-law lives over there oh. and i would have totally like it's just like a four-hour drive north i would have totally uh totally totally shown next time <laughs> next yeah. time um, well, everything is on saturate global or, um, jesse green.com. I have two books, wildfires and saturate. Um, I've talked about them before on the show, but wildfires is a whole book, a field guide to revival and saturate is a seven wave vision that I had of what God's doing in America. And it's already happening most of it. So mm -hmm. it's pretty crazy. Yeah. So both of those books you can get at saturate global and then um, we have events going on um, kind of randomly, but our next event is November 3rd in North Carolina. So if you want to come and be baptized or come and see, I'd encourage you to do so. And then also you can always hit me up on Instagram or YouTube. And that's Jesse Green. Boom. All right, uh, everybody. That's our show. Have a blessed weekend. Um, again, just a reminder, we've got Cindy McGill's teaching series on understanding your dreams dropping tomorrow on the podcast platform. So check that out, especially if you're wanting to know more about dreams, understanding your dreams, all that stuff. Um, tune in on Monday. We've got Krista J. Bullock back. Uh, that's at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. We love you guys and we'll see you on Monday. Okay, bye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today. 